0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
1: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. It's a hot one out there, isn't it?
2: Listen, I'm packing up, you know, my house. Yeah. It's so hot. <laughs> it's just so hot. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I see I, I just... Yeah. No
1: air conditioning in the house. And you're packing bo- cardboard boxes. I'm telling you. Mm, I uh, packed
2: so many boxes. Did you? I just, oh my
1: gosh. It's like you're moving, but you're not moving. Right. Right.
2: But it is, Yeah. Uh, the uh, the good folks from MVET showed up at my garage at 9 a.m. this morning. Nice. And I felt a great sense of accomplishment watching it all hmm. be taken away to someone who can use it.
1: How many boxes did they take? 20.
2: Whoa. Maybe.
1: Now this is weird. Or bags. Boxes or bags. Because this is your stuff, but it's also stuff from your parents.
2: Yes, and from my kids.
1: (laughs) So history. And
2: very very little from my husband. Oh. Who has traveled light throughout his earthly journey.
1: That's a good man. Okay, yeah, good.
2: Sadly, he married me (laughs) and I travel heavy. Okay.
1: Now, your kids – so we, we had this conversation because our kids were packing up to go to college. And in our basement, we have these big you know, plastic tubs. Yes, we with, have the
2: same plastic tubs.
1: With hats, yep. games, right. toys yep. from like whenever they were babies yep. up until they were – I yep. don't know. And I was like, you should let those go. Yeah, it's going. It all left. No, they were all like, oh, no, we're going to hang on to those because we might need those. What oh, about- that's
2: good. I mean, if you – if there are a couple things – that you got, that you have to couple, you, have, you have to keep, but you know, ninety percent of it has to go.
1: I got a couple, like thirty of those tubs, filled with stuff. That's a lot. I mean, who wants a little choo choo hat? From you know you what I found three? today in
2: a box? I found my baby blanket <laughs> that my kids both used, that my sister used with her kids. Did you let go? No. So ask.
1: not
2: let it? What are you, you going to do? A with monster? You smell it. I'm, I don't know, but I'm not letting it go. It's going to be in a tub. It's fine. I've labeled it very clearly in a box. It's very good. It's going to go to someone who's going to really enjoy It's a great Ooh, blanket. It's
1: going to go to one of your girls. Maybe. <laughs> See, that's the same conversation I have with my wife. Same thing.
3: See?
2: Like it's
1: sacred or something.
2: It's not, it is sacred. It's my baby blanket. <laughs> I mean, it's a blanket. It's a little piece of cloth. It's...
1: All right. Hey, listen. Now oh, we're you're streaming. you crotchety.
2: On, we're only I, uh, in like four minutes into the who show. Who I am? Yeah, I feel like you were.
1: Uh, Not. Nah, you're the one who's yelling. Yeah, you're I'm just right. like laughing along. Yeah, I know, at but me. you drove me to it. <laughs> My crotchety. <laughs> listen, coming in today. Speaking of uh, the hot weather, uh, there was a, a young woman in front of me. She was wearing a turtleneck. <gasps> Where? Walking into this building here at Seven Parkway Center.
2: Okay. The uh, the only reason for that is because the HVAC system here Could is be. un. Hinged. Right. I don't know who is in charge of it. I don't know if no one's in charge of it, but mm-hmm. why does it have to be this cold yeah. in this building? Yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: Over in the corner here, we've got some frozen meat that's uh, available. It's just hanging there. Right. It's, it's available. Yeah. You know, we're going
2: like, to open that up to some of our listeners we're, later.
1: We're waiting for Rocky to come in and do some training. <laughs> on the side I'll of crack it.
2: the eggs. <laughs> the it's going to be a good day on the record. It is of. a hot one. Anyway, yeah, we're streaming in a new place. Streaming on YouTube. Yeah, we're streaming on YouTube now. We said
1: goodbye to Facebook. We did, yeah,
2: but you know go why? Go because Mark they keep Zuckerberg. kicking us off. They keep kicking us off for one reason or another. It's, 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 it's too dumb. Could be your attitude. The, it probably is. The Just word say. Pittsburgh. Find that on YouTube. The word Pittsburgh. You can watch the show unfold from uh, that vantage point.
1: Very nice. That and you can point.
2: comment. You know, if you want to bring your comments, like remember yesterday, somebody was mad about something. What was that? Weed. Oh, it was about. It was about weed. Yeah. Okay.
1: I disagree with your guest. Okay. Steve Arterburn. Yeah. Whatever. I don't <laughs> know. Praise the Lord. All right. right, uh, The word Pittsburgh on YouTube. As we always do, we get underway with the show. Despite the tomfoolery, Kath gives us the top news stories for the day. So, Kath, without further ado, please give us the top four Add four.
2: For Tuesday, John, that's August 24th. Did you know that? I do. Okay. 2021. Number one. Airbnb announced this morning that its nonprofit, Airbnb.org, will provide temporary housing to 20,000 Afghan refugees as the U.S. and its allies race to find ways to house thousands of people fleeing Afghanistan. The company said in a statement that it had become abundantly clear that the refugees are facing a significant humanitarian crisis. According to CBS News, the cost of the temporary housing will be funded by contributions to the company's nonprofit organization as well as Airbnb co-founder and CEO Brian Chesky. Good Excellent. on you, Good Brian job. Chesky. Excellent. Excellent. Airbnb said it's working with resettlement agencies and partners to house the refugees. Number 2, the Paralympics began today, sadly in the same empty national stadium during the same pandemic as the ones that we watched a couple weeks ago. Good. According to ABC News, the opening ceremony featured the national flags of the 162 delegations represented, which included the refugee team. In addition, the flag of Afghanistan was carried by a volunteer, despite the delegation not being able to be there in Tokyo. The Paralympics are being held without fans, although organizers are planning to let some school children attend, going against the advice of much of the medical community. About 40 percent of the Japanese population is fully vaccinated, but daily new cases in Tokyo have increased four to five times since the Olympics opened on July 23rd. Tokyo is under a state of emergency until September 12th, with the Paralympics ending September
1: 5th. No no Carnival Cruise for you. No,
2: no, you cannot get on a Carnival Cruise. Number three. Pittsburgh will be using hidden high-resolution cameras to catch people dumping at sites around the city, and Mayor Bill Peduto is proposing changes in the city's laws to strengthen the penalties if you're caught. Good. So stop it, John.
4: Stop my dumping. You too,
2: Christy.
1: I mean, that refrigerator just threw down the hillside.
2: You know what he said? We will find you. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Here's those hidden cameras.
2: The cameras will be purchased by the Clean Pittsburgh Commission, a group of city officials and community groups that work on anti litter, illegal dumping, and recycling Good. programs placed at undisclosed locations known to be dumping grounds. This is great news. Don't be I a mean, scuffle. seriously, when you go down 279 oh. South and you look over in that hillside to the left, what is all? How about of the that litter? Just the garbage. litter on the side of the roads.
1: Oh. Don't get me started.
2: About 800 illegal dump sites have been ID'd throughout the city. Oh. 800. What can be okay? Number four, the cows are back in New York City. I saw that. Twenty-one years ago, about five hundred fiberglass cows, decorated by artists, celebrities, and school children were placed all across New York City, kind of like our dinosaurs. Right here in Pittsburgh, that sort of right? kicked it off, I right. believe. Mm-hmm. According to the New York Times, seventy-eight fiberglass cows have been settled in eight locations in the city, mostly where they can be watched by security guards or cameras. Based on what happened last time,
1: because they might end up exactly over
2: the hill. at Hudson Yards. At Hudson Yards, 22 cows stand inside and outside the luxury shopping mall, posing under the escalators or looking out at a glass balcony toward Kate, Spade, and Coach, where handbags made of their skin can fetch $1,000. Mm. That's what the New York Times said, and I thought it was That's pretty funny. an instinctive point. The company in charge of the public art exhibition Cow Parade did not want a repeat of the events of 2000, which is what we were talking about a few minutes ago, when cows were defaced with graffiti, had their ears cut off, or disappeared from their podiums. In one case, two young men were in the process of loading a painted cow into their Jeep on West Houston Street when the cops showed up. Hmm. Don't you love New York? Why the cows? Why cows? That's your top four at four. All right, okay, go. so they said, interesting question, they said that everybody loves a cow. That was that was the because I asked was asking the same question in my head. Read the whole article and about two thirds of the way down, that was the answer to the question. Okay. I mean, the
1: Pittsburgh was dinosaurs, right? You right. get that because of Dip and uh, Carnegie. Sure. Um, I like, wish
2: we would do that again. I love the dinosaurs. Yeah, it's fine.
1: Um, in what do you Vir- mean,
2: fine? It's I fine. thought it was fun. It's fine. Not, in it's Virginia, Virginia Beach, been that. they that's-
1: were doing mermaids. My brother had a mermaid on his block.
2: Oh, was that fun? And, yeah, it was fun. Okay.
1: But cows in New York City, I think. Uh, like but what
2: that's you- what makes it funny is that there aren't. It's, like, ironic. Yeah. All right. It's fine. Why don't you like it more? It's <laughs> an artistic statement. I, 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 I
1: Whoa! Like oh, holy. That's a cow. I mean,
2: I don't It's fine. No, because... You know what? Because now you don't mean it.
1: No. My lack of enthusiasm. I've never been really sort of centered out there for my lack of enthusiasm just about anything. Well... I'm a pretty enthusiastic guy. That's hey. how I feel today. All right. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. That's how much I love it right next, okay? <laughs> I'll take a quick break. We're going to talk about conspiracies in the classroom.
2: What do you do when your students think that there's something else going on?
1: Mm -hmm. I think what's going on.
5: 101.5 WORD.
6: As parents, we know that our
0: teenage sons and teenage daughters process worry and stress differently. Here's Sissy Goff.
5: When something goes wrong in a boy's world, he blames someone else. And when something goes wrong in a girl's world, y'all know, she blames herself. Exactly, exactly.
0: How to help our adolescent daughters be more brave. Next time
6: on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD.
7: Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899.
8: A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. If
0: you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief. Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation.
1: Call 800-965-1433. 800 965
0: Five
9: fourteen thirty three eight
0: hundred nine six five fourteen thirty three. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit optimataxrelief.com A
1: few years back, there was a it was a popular meme circulating on the internet. It had a picture of Abraham Lincoln, and uh, the quote was, "Don't believe everything you read on the internet." Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Which sort of shows you, you know, they were just pointing up the absurdity of the internet and the lack of truth on the internet. Now you and go a lot the further. the ways
2: that people use memes to get other people afraid or convinced of something or on their side. Right.
1: We live in, in supposedly the information age, but I think quickly it has turned into the, devolved into the disinformation yeah. age. Well, here today to talk to us about this is Elizabeth Stice. Elizabeth is an associate professor of history at Palm Beach Atlantic University. She wrote a really interesting piece called Conspiracies in the Classroom. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
10: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah so you have a front row seat to this, Elizabeth. Um, I know that, you know, I've got a child in college right now, and um, It is surprising to me, just like, you know, we moved in on Saturday, you know, moved our daughter in, all the stuff that goes with it. And I I heard a couple conspiracy things being talked about in the hall. What I did. I did. So, Elizabeth, talk about the kinds of, like, for people who aren't on college campuses, what are the kinds of things you hear now?
10: Well, I think, you know, there's something about being young and discovering the world kind of for yourself through your own eyes for the first time that makes young people really curious about conspiracy theories. So I would say, I think conspiracy theories have been in the classroom for a while, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they're kind of harmless things. You know, um, I think I mentioned in the article, I always have at least a couple students who, who want to be sure, like, you know, did Hitler, was he really killed? Mm-hmm. You know, at, did he really die at the end of world war II? Or is he maybe in Argentina? You know, I right. say, you know, pretty, pretty slim odds that he would be in Argentina, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so, and then in terms of things that are a little bit maybe more nefarious, they're not always going to bring that up right away in in a classroom setting, but you get little hints of things that you think, hmm, like what's going on there? You know, just different questions they might ask about certain groups that kind of seem to suggest. I think I mentioned in the article, too, I had a student who had some, you know, a little bit anti-Semitic stuff that was coming through in some of his reading responses that kind of, about Jewish people kind of controlling banks and controlling parts of world and that affecting treaties and things. So then you say, oh, okay, like something's going on here, you know?
1: Right. So – Pre-internet, you know, if somebody was interested about Adolf Hitler and whether he was dead or not, they would have had to go to the local library. Maybe they would have talked to, you know, their small circle of friends. And that would have been that. It would have had some legs, but, right. you know, not the legs today. Now, of course, you go on Reddit or whatnot. And, you know, these are like gigantic threads of conversations. And it just doesn't, you know, engage five people or 10 people. It engages tens of thousands, if not hundreds or millions of people. And for a lot of that, you know, well, not a lot of, I'm a pre- There's a percentage of people who would nod their head and say, I believe this conspiracy, Adolf Hitler himself or the Jewish Kabbalah somehow is happening around the world and they are controlling the purse strings of the United States. It's a corporation. And to believe that Mm -hmm. is one thing, to engage that and then to, right, make that a center point of your life, especially on the college campus. Uh, I believe, you know, the piece that you wrote, Conspiracies in the Classroom, Elizabeth, you're pointing out the danger of the ignorance of, of just people in general.
10: Oh, yeah, definitely. And like you were mentioning, the media environment, because you can find not just one website that supports these things, but so many, and then you have... Different blogs, different pages, different online mat- magazines and periodicals—you seem you can find a lot of reinforcement for even some really bizarre views. You know, it's not like you just find one little corner and one person saying this thing. Somebody says it, and somebody else thinks, "Oh yeah," and then it, it echoes. And then you know, your search history helps determine what search results you see next. Right. So you can start to feel like there's a lot of evidence for something for which there's little to no evidence at all. Sure. Uh,
2: Elizabeth, this brings me to to one of my pet peeves, which is, I don't know how this has happened, but the term research has gotten Mm -hmm. completely taken over. Like, I don't know how it, like, it, you know, research historically has meant, like an in-depth study into something. You're doing research for your dissertation.
4: Multiple sources. right?
2: It's not, mm-hmm. But now, do your research is like code for go on the internet and read all the people who believe in your crazy theory, and then you talk about it on social media.
10: Oh, yeah. And I think one of the issues we have there is sometimes we're not fully aware of the limitations and how we think, you know, so... One in terms of, like, are these credible sources? Do they, do they really merit the standard of research? But I think it's also, I mean, there are a lot of studies that show it's really hard for us to think effectively in terms of statistics and things like probability. You know, and so we also really, we take small things from our own lives, and then we assume that that's a sample size that's relevant for assessing the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you see this with a lot of, like, good and bad things that happen. Well, this happened to my friend. I know them, so it's happening to tons of people. Well, you know, one out of however many people you regularly talk to, that's a small sample size for most people. But it's really easy for good and bad things for us to kind of magnify whatever we see up close and assume that it bears out, you know, statistically in a much bigger population. But it may not.
1: Right. So, Elizabeth, again, you know, pre-internet, for better or worse or right or wrong, there was at one point, I believe, a standard of truth or a standard bearer of truth, right? I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember Walter Cronkite. Of course, you know, that name is bandied about a lot, that America believed that Walter Cronkite, as he delivered the news to you at 7 p.m. every evening, what he was telling you was the truth. I don't you know, as mm-hmm. a kid, people, you know, families would have the, the um, uh, encyclopedia, the Britannica encyclopedia. What was in the pages of the encyclopedia was the truth. Now, there's a shift shaping. I mean, what is the truth? Is There is no one place that is the arbiter of truth. I mean, even, you know, on the internet, you go to Wikipedia, and that's produced by people who have uh, varying degrees of an axe to grind or conspiracies. So there really is no place where you go and say, this is the truth.
10: Yeah, I think it's it's one of the ironies of everything actually being more affordable. So, Publishing industries, it used to be a lot harder to – fewer presses, harder to get things out. Um, nowadays, a lot of different publishers will accept a lot of manuscripts that maybe in the past would not have been. Yeah. And also self-publishing, self-publishing is so much more readily available, which can be really great in a lot of ways. But then it can also – I think people still, despite the fact that no one seems to trust anything, there's still something about the printed book that makes it it makes it hard for people to disbelieve it. You know, I see this with my students all the time. Even when you're telling them, read this critically, they kind of have a sense like, well, it's in a book, it's true. And I think the same kind of is true for news. I think if we step back and say, do you trust the news? A lot of people say no. But then, whatever their preferred source is, it's really hard for them to apply that filter to that source as well. Right. Um, so, yeah.
1: So it's an uphill battle. So you, as Kath said, you know, there you are standing in the classroom every day with young, impressionable minds, college students. How do you combat this? I mean, what are your lectures like? What is your insight and your wisdom that you're engaging with college students with?
10: Well, two things. I think one is just first to, to remember that they're college students, you know, and your, your primary responsibility is to teach them and to help them think for themselves. Um, I think sometimes when we're having these conversations just between, you know, regular people of different ages or just out in the world, it's really easy if somebody has a bad idea or a crazy idea. The temptation is just to put them down quickly and hard, you know, and uh, that's that's kind of how a lot of conversations operate. And that's even how a lot of sort of alleged debates operate. But That's really bad uh, classroom instruction. You know, being slammed is not really effective for learning. So I think the, the first thing you have to do is kind of tease out, well, what like where did you hear that? What what makes you think that? And then to try to prompt them to, to think about things, too. So in terms of things like, well, let's think through the evidence. Or what kind of likelihood would that be? I know another big conspiracy is the moon landing, right? And I've had a couple of students over the years who said, you know, I don't really know. if we, I don't think we really want you to know. Come on. you are thinking, I know. But then you're thinking, okay, well, let's get them to think through this. And so you start to say things like, well, you know, okay. How many people would have to be in on that conspiracy, right? Like the people at the news? Um, how many people work at NASA? right all these different kinds of things well what's the likelihood i mean think to your own friend group how many of those people can keep a secret you think (laughs) thousands of people are going to keep a secret for you know what 40 years 50 years 50 years years plus yeah and uh somehow the truth has never come out like that what's the likelihood and then they start to say well yeah okay all right you know so you kind of have to i think part of it is Like hearing them and then trying to figure out, well, what makes you think that? And then getting them to consider, okay, well, let's like, what other evidence is out there? And then what's the real likelihood of that being true? I think conspiracies are appealing because people want like a simple answer and like a secret answer to Mm -hmm. everything. But one of the things that's great about teaching history—it's not always great in terms of how they feel about it—but everything is complicated. (laughs) There's almost never a single cause. You know, life is really very messy. Um, And there's usually a lot of evidence and a lot of things that are going on. So the number of things for which there's a really simple but secret explanation are so few. You know, so I think that kind of just gradually sinks into learning about real things and realizing how complicated everything is, how unlikely it is that there's this one secret, you know, simple explanation that proves everything they already want to believe.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. And that the person you're talking to knows the answer to the secret and they hold that alone in there. And somehow that holding that secret makes them special above all.
2: Right. Right. Uh, Elizabeth, before you leave us, I want to bring up this one instance, because this seems like a, a black and white know, straightforward uh, situation. But it's interesting to me that it actually came up in one of your classes. This is from your article. You said that a student asserted the Jewish people within the World Bank had caused the decline of the Weimar Republic and had used the Treaty mm-hmm. of Versailles to destroy Germany. But he was apparently unaware that the World Bank did not exist at that time. So now that's a pretty like you can just look up World Bank and see when the World Bank you know had its genesis right And so yeah, so that again, that's pretty straightforward. But the more important question is, so why where does he know that from?
10: Well, yeah, and I didn't totally get to the bottom of that with him, but I think uh, you know the World Bank is one of those groups like the UN that people have a lot of interesting theories about, or the Masons. You know, there's a there's a lot of theories that are going around there. But a lot of people don't take the time to look up, you know, the actual facts or the actual history. I mean, Wikipedia isn't always reliable, but Wikipedia can definitely tell you when the World Bank came into existence. Right. But I think a lot of times you hear a narrative that sounds compelling to you. You don't necessarily go back to check, mm. you know, and that, but that's part of what history is. There's a narrative about why something happened and then historians are uptight. So we go back to check. You know, and we're looking for evidence for all kinds of things. Like maybe that is why something happened and how it happened, or maybe there's more to the story. So the nice thing about history is it kind of teaches you to cover your bases and to go back and really see, is there evidence to support that? Or does this narrative not really hold up when when we look at the other things that we know to be true? That's good.
1: Well, Elizabeth, you clearly have your work cut out for you, but you seem well equipped. So thanks for the insight today on uh, what you're battling in the classroom.
10: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's a great pleasure. Elizabeth Stice, Associate Professor of History at Palm Beach Atlantic University. She wrote a piece called Conspiracies in the Classroom. We're gonna step away for just a minute. Next, a family hid their Bible in an attic as Nazis invaded. 80 years later, it comes back around again to the family's hands. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne.
5: And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South
11: Coast Coast Tax. Tax.
12: We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease.
10: South Coast Tax are Christian based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results.
12: We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number.
1: everybody get the best sleep of their lives and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow mike created the giza dream bed sheets they look and feel great which means an even better night's sleep mike found the world's best cotton called giza it's ultra soft and breathable but extremely durable mike's giza sheets come with a 60-day money back guarantee and a 10-year warranty the first night that you sleep on the giza sheets you'll never want to sleep on anything else giza dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year for a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call 1 800. 3910954 use the promo code word 18003910954 promo code word
2: This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the Ride Home.
9: Liberty.
7: Nobody should have to pay for one size fits all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need.
5: Liberty, 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 Liberty we are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 W O R D FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, Tune-In, and Odyssey.
12: Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand in hand with character development, consider Christian education right now. At this moment, local Christian schools, colleges and universities are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com/tuitions.
6: We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 63. Very warm tomorrow and humid. Sunshine will mix with clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 89. Tomorrow night will be clear and humid with a low of 68. Wednesday, partly sunny, hot, and humid with a high of 90. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
1: A father and a son in Germany in 1990 were renovating a home that they had just bought when they came across something unusual they had a uh, uh, some work in the attic where they found a chest hidden behind a double wall in the attic now tucked inside the chest was a large Jewish Bible that looked like it had been carefully placed there the Bible would weighed, weighed 22 pounds 30 inches long three inches high and the words the Holy Scriptures of the Israelites was embossed on the front. Now, it seemed valuable and important, so the son held on to it for nearly 30 years. But in April of 2017, he decided to sell it on eBay to an art historian for about $75.
2: Now, let me break in and say, it's big.
1: Gigantic.
2: I mean, it's real. This is not like, you know, a uh, leather-bound Bible that, you know you picked up at Zondervan's no. like, this is a huge, this is like a work of art. It's huge. It's probably, well, you said it was 22 pounds, Yep. 30 inches long. I mean, it's giant.
1: Right. So, and beautiful. They found that the, um, the Bible was, um, ascribed to a family, the leaders. And uh, through some research that was done long after the fact It was discovered that the leaders were sent to Treblinka, where almost a million people were exterminated. Jews were exterminated during World War II. But there was a postcard inside of this Bible. And the postcard had a name, which was the son of the parents who were killed along with uh, the other Jews in Treblinka. Anyway, through more detective work... The son was tracked to New York City, where he changed his name to Charles, and then there was an obituary that was found in the New York Times when this man passed away, and they discovered that he had descendants. And so before you know it, from 30 years of sitting in someone's house, to eBay, to an art historian, to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., to the family long since passed, the descendants were given this Bible just a short while ago. I mean, it's an amazing sort of circle of the the discovery and the detective work that is able to happen right now because of the Internet.
2: It's wonderful. It took nearly four years, but a man in Europe working on behalf of the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum heard about the Bible, and then it just kind of... Due uh, diligence. Yeah, right. Now, here's here's something. There's so many tragic things about this story you know this couple hid their valuables uh thinking of course that they would come back to them and they never did um also an incredibly sad part of the story is that they um the room that they hid the valuables in was a room that they were forced to move to from a different city so that they had to live in a in a common house with seven other families before they were even sent to treblinka right um but one good thing about it is that throughout this story, any of these people could have just taken the Bible and not cared. Thrown it away. Not done anything with it. Or even if they thought it was good enough to save, wouldn't have done due diligence, wouldn't have followed through on it, wouldn't have cared right. that it would mean something to somebody. And a whole line of people did. Yeah. And, and so that does redeem the story a bit.
1: A bit, it does. To see someone, to someone to know that's God's word and it has to find its rightful heir. And it did, which is fabulous. So 80 years after it was hidden in an attic, uh, it finds its way back to the family. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, Tom Soroka, Father Tom Soroka, is with us in a little bit. Uh, He's got a story to tell as well. Jesus on the water. Stick around. It's The Ride Home. We're streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. 101.5
5: 101.5 WORD.
6: You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. i give you your number. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts, freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans.
5: Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a Start, saying yes to Lindsays helped her do her part.
6: Linzess or linacitide is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with ibs Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Joe Buck
8: and John Smoltz welcoming you back to the City Center Convenience Mart.
0: Heather's moment has arrived and you just hope all that training pays off. Heather lays down her purchase, but Randy rings it up as slowly as he can. Uh-oh. Yep, she's looking at at the cigarettes. There's nothing good back there. Heather's arm is in motion, but she just grabs the gum off the counter. That's a slick move. Even Randy tips his cap to Heather. Stand up to cancer and Rally wants you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org.
5: Angie's list is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price, plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the Happiness Guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness guarantee.htm.
12: In the warehouse, the job has to get done. But if you're working with an outdated forklift that has more downtime than up due to maintenance, it's time to make the switch to lift lithium-ion powered forklifts. With a lift Forklift, you get less downtime, a longer lifespan fast, efficient opportunity charging, and a five-year cost of ownership that will save you almost $45,000 over internal combustion models. Nobalift, revolutionizing the material handling industry one job at a time. What's in your warehouse? Contact us today for a cost analysis at com slash save.
2: One of the things John and I have loved over the years doing the show is, uh, how we've met church leaders we've met pastors priests from you name the denomination I mean all over not just all around Pittsburgh which has been wonderful all around the country people in different different countries but it has really altered how um, I look at God himself because I had this very narrow picture when I started this job that God was, you know, exactly, you know, like we describe him in my denomination and and he was worshipped exactly the way I do it in my denomination. And everybody, and everybody must everybody, do that. Right, everybody. Yeah, sure. Right. And I, I feel really fortunate that John and I have been able to kind of, you know, live a different life since we started the show. And one of the people that's really helped me with that is sitting right in front of us, mm. Tom Soroka. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Tom's the pastor at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKee's Rocks. Tom, welcome back.
11: Thank you. It's yeah. nice to be here in person. sure is. It is like
1: normal adults. Right. Yeah. And you know, years ago, I was picking up on this, the cat talked about, we were, we were wondering about the, the Orthodox faith and we didn't know anybody who was Orthodox. And I, and I did literally an internet search and found you.
2: Is that how you met them? Yes. I was,
1: I was at Disney World exactly. with my family. I called Tom. Some, I called some, the church some, office. Some stalker called you. Called the church office, and they were like, oh, Father Tom's not here, but here's his phone number. Yep. And then all, you're like, I'm at Disneyland with my kids. Can I get back
11: <laughs> Who to you?
2: are
1: you? I mean, your it kids were little.
11: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. This was like uh, 14 years ago. Right something it was yeah, great
2: you're one of the earliest friends we've had on the show
11: well I love and covet if you will my time here um, and I think it's important because Pittsburgh is a wonderful city for this idea that we really do uh, have a community of believers here yeah and the one thing that we can all agree on is that Jesus Christ is Lord mm-hmm. and this um, we, we have to start there so, you know, whatever divides us, let's at least agree on the stuff that we that we really love and care about yes. um and that we can learn from one another. And and I have met wonderful people over the years, but but certainly you all are are among my my favorite people because you do amazing work. Mm -hmm. and i appreciate it thank you tom
2: well tom i got to you know you always come to our place i got to go to your place a couple months ago that was fun yeah place what do you mean by your place well so i talked about it on the air a couple times but um father tom pastor of saint nicholas orthodox church and so i don't know is it may maybe Mm -hmm. june Mm -hmm. um brought my family down we worshiped with you guys it was so wonderful so warmly received by your outstanding congregation we loved it. A little so,
11: different than what you're used to. A little different we than the Presbyterian Worship Service. We, lo-
2: all, we all loved it. We all loved it. And well, it was actually my second time there. But the first time I went and visited you uh, was at a funeral. Was it was an incredibly, incredibly sad day. Um, but I was comforted being there just because of the community of believers and our hope in the resurrection. And um, it made an unbearable day. Bearable?
11: This is life, right? Yeah, it is. This is the stormy life that we that we live in and, and it's something that we can't get around. Uh and that's uh I think that's a constant theme, you know, especially in our day and age to, to talk about how do we get through this uh crazy life that we have. Yeah. Right. So how much faith do we need to get through this life? That's a big question because um in our church we read the story of Jesus walking on the water. And, of course, it's beautiful and wonderful to think about that he walked on the water. Um, And then you have, at least in the Gospel of Matthew, um, you know, this idea where the disciples go out. uh, He's actually, Jesus tells them, after he feeds 25,000 people, right? So it says 5,000 men, not including women and children. So let's say he fed 25,000 people. He says, okay, crowds, you go home. Men, you go into the boat, go to the other side, I'll meet you. And he prays, right? He's, he's praying. And then it says, uh, while they were in the boat, third watch of the night, or fourth watch of the night, it was uh, 3 a.m., and the wind is tossing the the uh, boat. And the whole idea there, anytime in the scriptures we hear about the sea, the sea itself is a sign of the tempestuous nature of the world, mm-hmm. Um, we will, and this is what Jesus promises us, he says, in this world you will have trouble, right? That That's just the way it is. And that really is uh, very important for us to remember because um, I, I think there is a, a kind of uh, aberration that says your life should always be perfect. You know, we live in the age of Instagram where Every shot is now has to look Instagram worthy. If we're eating dinner, you know, right. the, the, the plate has to be just right. And so social media gives us this false idea of what life is really like. But like you said, calf, you know, there are difficult times. Uh, you know, we, we buried a young man uh, who was uh, taken in the prime of his life in high school. And this is where Jesus lives. This is where our faith has to be proven, uh, and this this is how the apostles, even in the epistles uh, of St. Paul and, and St. Peter, they say that these difficulties that we go through are a time of testing. So that's exactly what's happening with the disciples. They are being tested in this boat where it is being tossed to and fro, and they're really scared, and they see what they think is a ghost, Jesus walking across the water and he's just walking. Like it doesn't really say, but you know, it's, you doing? it's crazy that he's just walking across the water. And what's very important to remember here is the, the waves don't stop. The wind doesn't stop. This is important. Um, Jesus is walking. The wind doesn't stop. They think they see a ghost. And, and Jesus says these beautiful words. Uh, he he says here, be of good cheer. <laughs> it is I. Do not be afraid. And by the way, uh, you got to know the Greek here. Be of good cheer. You know, be happy. Just be, you know, be calm. Don't be afraid. But he says, it is I. The Greek words here are ego mi. Ego imi." is. Are the words that we know at least, you know, a Greek translation of the Hebrew for when Moses is on Moses is on the um, on the mountain with the burning bush and he's meeting God face to face. Right. And God says uh, he says to God, well, who should I say you are? And God says to him here, I will just get this one second here. He says, I am who I am. I am who I am. You shall tell the children of Israel, I am has sent you. So this I am in Greek is ego eimi. What Jesus is really saying here is don't be afraid. I am meaning I am God. Mm -hmm. I am the existing one. This ego eimi, I am literally means I have existed before the foundation of the world. This is what Jesus got in trouble for when he said, to the Jews before Abraham was, I am. And it says, then they picked up stones to throw at him, right? They were going to kill him at that point because he, he identified himself as God. And by the way, don't let anybody ever say that Jesus never claimed he was God. He did it many numerous times because he said, here, I am. So be of good cheer. I am. Then the part about the faith, Peter, as always sort of you know, impulsive as he is, he says, if it's you beg beg me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, come. And he tries to go out there and he starts sinking because he sees the waves and the wind and Jesus picks him up and he says, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? I think it's easy to kind of get on Peter's case here to say, Oh, Peter, come on, you blew it. Right? Like what, what's the problem? You, you had your big chance here to prove yourself. But I think this whole question of how much faith do I need is extremely important because on the one hand, Jesus tells us, you know, have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Right. But in this particular case, Jesus is is kind of supplementing his faith because he's lifting him up and he he's not saying you don't believe anything, he says, he, he kind of chides him for his, his his lack of belief, but not unbelief. So Peter believed. But in this particular case, he took his eyes off Jesus. He's looking at the winds that the the whole point here, I think, in this particular story is we have to understand that in our life, we will be going through this storm. There's no doubt about it. And we should know that from COVID, right? Like there's no getting around this, but we have to keep our eyes on Christ. We have to be able to um, go through the storm. And as the apostles tell us, especially like St. Peter tells us, he says, um, this is where our faith is is tested, this is where it is actually refined and purified. So going through difficult times is very good for our faith if we come out the other side stronger, more faithful, More, more willing to see Christ in the difficult times, and not simply say, which is our often our default position: "Oh, something bad happened to me. Where is God?" Right. Right. But Peter asked for this, right? I mean, so Peter had faith to say,
1: "Draw me out," and then he did step out of the boat, even though he did start to sink. So there was
11: some faith going on. Oh, exactly. I mean, this is very important. Even we have this. This uh, famous commentary about this uh, gospel reading that I put in the bulletin on Sunday, and it's, it basically says, yeah, Peter is part faith and part doubt, just like all of us, <laughs> right? Yeah. This yeah. is sort of how we are. Yeah. So we're constantly having to uh, sort of be faithful in difficult times. And I think that's really the the message of that particular gospel reading that don't freak out when bad things happen. Just keep your eyes on Christ. Mm. That's fabulous. Don't freak out.
2: Tell us about St. Nicholas, which I think is the most beautiful church in Pittsburgh.
11: That's very kind of you. Our, uh, Our parish has been there for over 104 years. I think we've been there about 104 years, and That parish was originally started by Slavic immigrants, but the face of it has changed, just like the neighborhood has changed. used to be all Slavs down there, but now that neighborhood is a kind of a a mix of of a lot of different people that have come in that neighborhood. So our particular parish um, has people from every walk of life. We have uh, people that are our students, our blue-collar workers, our, uh, you know, uh, professionals, moms and dads, lots of children. And the way that we worship is according to the ancient way of the Orthodox Church, the way we've been worshiping for 2,000 years or at least, you know, seventeen, eighteen hundred 1,800 years. No instruments, so we, we only sing uh, we, uh, it, it can look very ornate. And of course we look, uh, at the icons a lot in our church, which show us the presence of the saints and the angels with us.
2: I loved it. You should give it a try. St. Nicholas will. Orthodox Church. In I've been Rocks. asking
11: him for 10 years, but we I was talking to there. the listening
2: audience. I wasn't even talking to Tom. <laughs> no, I'll get there. Anyway, but Tom, thanks for being here. We're late. we got to get out. Father to Tom
1: Soroka, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church, McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Be right back.
12: When you're in college, sleep is important. But thanks to your studies and busy schedule, you might not be getting enough rest. That old mattress you've had since you were a kid, though, it's just not cutting it. Upgrade your sleep experience with a locally made, hand-built mattress from the original Mattress Factory. We offer a variety of mattresses, including Twin Extra Long, to suit every comfort preference and to fit every budget. And we offer fast, local delivery as well as pickup seven days a week at our factory location. Visit an OMF store near you to learn more.
5: The Original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on originalmattress.com to complete an application. I think it's fascinating
4: how resilient French fries are. I hadn't cleaned out my poor car in years, and so I decided to do it from the trunk to under the seats. I found five different types of balls, enough junk to challenge Mary Poppins' magical bag, and a good start at a French fry museum. It's Ryan, and if you tried to turn all the stuff hidden in my car into cash, you'd undoubtedly owe money. But luckily for most of us, it's quite the opposite when it comes to looking inside our homes. Home values have gone fly a kite high for many. Meaning, if you look under those seats, there's a good chance you could pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in your home to use for whatever you wanted. And with current mortgage rates being where they are, oftentimes you can lower the years on the overall loan or lower your monthly payment at the same time you're doing a cash out refinance. If you're curious about your options, we a United Faith Mortgage.
10: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500.
4: United Mortgage Court,
7: Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender, License number 22672.
2: Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family.
12: Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care.
5: We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the
2: time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual
12: Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com Hi this is Robert Jermolowski, owner of doing it right Roofing siding remodeling looking for a new
9: roof or siding upgrade call us for a free estimate at 724 new roof or visit roofing contractor fitttsburgh.com right call doing
0: it
12: right. Hi, this is Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. Join us for our Sea Life 2021 digital experience. We're sharing stories and encouragement that will inspire you to live out your pro life views. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.com Sea Life.
1: I, I think it, you have to mention that uh, Charlie Watts, who's the drummer for the Rolling Stones, passed away today at the age of 80. And say what you will about rock and roll and the Rolling Stones yes. specifically. And there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said, but man, I mean, a guy who joined the Rolling Stones in 1963, and here it's 2021, and this is a guy. He was married. Charlie Watts was married in 1964 to the same woman. All these many years, they had a child. And uh, reading it today about him, he said that after the show was over, after the you know, show, he didn't go out and party. He went back to his hotel room. He was an illustrator by profession uh, before he joined the Rolling Stones. And he he has a book that he's never published of all the beds that he's ever slept in that he's drawn. Oh my gosh. And it's just Charlie Watts and his real simple four-piece drum set and was just literally the standard bearer all these many years. Just a fascinating life. And he was never impressed with the idea of celebrity. No, he didn't He said care. all those screaming girls, I've always thought it was silly.
2: And it is. Of course it is. Mr. Watson, his wife, as you said, had a daughter, Serafina. She mm-hmm. was born in 1968. And after spending some time in France as tax exiles, I'm reading here from the New York Times, they relocated to a farm in southwestern England. There they bred prize-winning Arabian horses, mm-hmm. gradually, expand- gradually expanding their stud farm to over 250 horses on 700 acres.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what you get when you can keep time very, very well, right? So, Charlie Watts, age 80. We'll take a a quick break during the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, We've got much more ahead. And, uh, Kath, the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about uh, Cardinal McCarrick, the very sad and strange story about that. And uh, also, the Texas pastor laying his hands on an inmate during execution. Should he be allowed? Yes, what that's all about. That's during the 5 o'clock
5: hour. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
7: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the group of seven nations will not recognize a Taliban government unless the group guarantees people can leave the country if they wish. Johnson says G7 leaders have agreed on a roadmap on how they were going to engage with the Taliban. The number one condition we're setting as G7
11: is that they've got to guarantee right the way through, uh, through August the 31st and beyond, a safe passage, safe passage for those who who want to, to come out.
7: The Taliban have warned that the U.S. airlift from Afghanistan must end August 31st. President Biden says the U.S. is committed to that deadline. But British Defense Secretary Ben Wallace says, quote, We're not going to get everybody out of the country before August 31st. This is SRN News.
0: The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then just three months later. Extortion 17 requesting permission to take off. A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others entered the Taggy Valley.
13: I saw Flash you Flash.
0: Anybody out there, we have
1: a fallen angel. A fallen angel, Roger.
0: Extortion 17, the provocative new film, telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on Salemnow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? Was there a black box on board?
12: Every American should be taught about what happened in Extortion 17.
0: What really happened? The SEAL Team 6, that Dreadful Night. Fallen Angel, Extortion 17. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com.
1: It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 83121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. A local bus driver,
12: a mom, a dad, a 70 year old tearfully sharing a need, all of them grateful for the Lighthouse's food pantry. Just one of the many programs you can support through the Lighthouse Foundation's annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Now is the time to become a sponsor, auction an item, or provide a centerpiece. Your support will help those most in need throughout Butler and northern Allegheny counties over the coming year. Do it today. Become a sponsor. Visit the thelighthousepa.org. November 4th, Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Crowder, live in concert. The Milk and Honey Tour, 8 p.m. November 4th at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder. Live this November at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland, a Drusky Entertainment event.
6: We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 63. Very warm tomorrow and humid. Sunshine will mix with clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 89. Tomorrow night will be clear and humid with a low of 68. Wednesday, partly sunny, hot, and humid with a high of 90. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall
1: and Kathy Emmons. Of course, it's no secret that that newspaper readership, the print paper, has nosedived in the past 20 years. I mean, uh, there was a time in America when three out of four people polled would say, yes, I read the daily newspaper. Now it's less than one in four. Wow. However, there is an anomaly that's happening right here in the state of Pennsylvania because as American news suffers decline... A newspaper that 's printed in Lancaster County, an Amish newspaper that 's uh, called the messenger but it 's it 's old Amish old mm-hmm. English style yeah. uh, It has risen in popularity it has a daily circulation of somewhere around sixteen thousand i 'm sorry a weekly circulation of somewhere around sixteen thousand readers, which is amazing it 's amazing, considering because of course the Amish don't use electricity the way that you and I use electricity. They certainly don't use computers the way you and I do. And a printing press is basically out of the question, run by electricity. So the printing has to be done in a very particular way, but the readership is there, letters to the editors, which are the major feature. It really is a conversation basically from one group of old Amish people to another. Mm Uh, I'm reading an article that talks about this that was published by, of all places, the Spokane Faves website. Well,
2: that's a long way from Lancaster.
1: Right. And they sent a reporter out to Lancaster to talk to the editor about why this this sort of phenomenon has happened. The editor of the newspaper was dumbfounded about why someone would want to talk about the newspaper to begin with. Have you read the paper?
2: I've seen it because my husband's from Lancaster. So I've seen it for years. Really? Yep.
1: I mean, it's just...
2: A... You know, and to be honest with you, I've picked it up here and there, but it y- you feel like you're reading something from another country.
1: Well, there's no photographs, right? Mm-hmm. There's no advertising. Just, it's
2: just clearly from a different culture.
1: Mm-hmm. But it is like a conversation in it's some not,
2: way. And it's not, and I, you pick it up and you think, okay, this isn't for me. Really? You know, this is not, this clearly is not made for me.
1: I'd love to read it. Oh, I'd love yeah. to see it. Next time you're in Lancaster, yeah. you don't go there like you used to. No. But I sure would love to see it. Um, It's mostly a volunteer organization that puts it together. Um,
2: I don't know how it's printed, though. I have to be honest that until now, I never even thought about that.
1: Yeah. Um, Each week, 800 or 900 scribes submit handwritten letters and a team of typists from the Millersburg community keyboard them into a word processor. They then use an agent in India... To help design and process the display that may be about auctions, stove sales, roofing material, and other products or services, all for a national audience. The media kit that the, the newspaper now it's called in, in, in Old Amish, DIE, D I E, and then B O T S C H A F T, Die botshaft, which stands for in the messenger serves the old Amish order and Mennonite communities and is mailed every Friday to readers, estimated to be about 30,000 people through the mail but it, and local. But
2: it has to be. It's printed without electricity. It's just not printed by them.
1: Right. Classified ads cost 12 bucks per week for the first 30 words or less. We will not accept ads with pictures of any person on the yeah. ad, and raffles are not accepted in the Dice ads. The content is ready. He sends it to a Texas service that prepares the 120 pages and then sends it to a printer in Lancaster for distribution by the U.S. Postal Service. The Postal Service is the worst part of the job, says the editor, adding that some readers receive the newspaper days late, sometimes weeks after it was printed because of spotty mail service. I'd love to read it.
2: So we read the news every day. You know, I not a day goes by when I don't read the news. But I haven't picked up a newspaper in, I can't think of the last time. Listen. I mean, I bet I haven't picked, seriously, I bet I have not picked up a newspaper in more than 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, so I still subscribe to the Sunday New York Times, the print edition. It's expensive. To get the New York Times, to, to subscribe to the New York Times, it's more than... $54 a week. The The print edition of the New York Times really? is $16.50.
2: On Sunday? Yeah. $16?
1: Here's the problem. I don't get it. It never arrives. Week after week after week after week goes by. I wait for that thing. I mean, when that paper shows up, it makes my Sunday. Because I literally spend the entire day reading that paper from cover to cover. But... Because of the pandemic and because of the lack of people who are now willing to get in their cars and drive around to all the different neighborhoods in the city of Pittsburgh, that paper never shows up. So I call the local distribution center. Where's my paper? Oh, yeah, sorry. You know, if anybody picks up at all. So, I mean, the newspaper business is dying. And it's based upon a large part because, you know, people are on the Internet, but also because now it doesn't bother to come to your your doorstep. So
2: so do you still have to pay for it or do they they refund you? No.
1: So then I call and, you know, uh, then I just go onto the New York Times website. Uh, You have a delivery problem? Yeah, I've got a delivery problem. The paper never arrived. I click the button, then they credit my account. I don't want them to credit my account. Right, you want the paper. I want that paper. When it arrives at the house now on Sundays, when those rare times it does, literally, I'm running around the house woohooing in celebration. So salvation. how
2: often is rare that it arrives? One week out of how many?
1: Eight. I'm telling you. That's just how it is. And I don't know if it's just because of my neighborhood. I've talked to a wow. local, and there's a national dist- distributor out of San Antonio, Texas. At this point, they probably like, oh, that guy, don't pick the phone up. Because I'm like, hey, guys, this is John Hall, blah, 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 please deliver my paper. Please, I love you. I just would like to, could I have, sometimes, no, this this is good. I don't want to diss these guys. Because in their kindness, they'll s- send someone who is like a late paper guy. So sometimes, in the rare instance, it'll show up at my house like at 2.30. And the guy will walk up my driveway and hand it to me. And I'm like, But that oh, same guy can't do it all oh. the other Sundays? He's elsewhere. You know, the geographical distribution, he's elsewhere uh, in the in the tri-state area. All right. So.
2: And so reading it online is not the same thing It's for not
1: you. the same. You want to sit and hold that thing in your hand. You want to feel the ink stains on your fingertips.
2: Our producer, Christy, is 27 years old. Christy, do you read the newspaper?
10: I don't read the paper at all. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't read any news or watch the news.
10: Mm-hmm.
2: She doesn't read any news or watch the news. When's the last time you held a newspaper? Can't tell you. How about that? So the daily news used to, out of McKeesport, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Elizabeth. So whenever that closed and my parents stopped getting it, it's probably the last time. It's a different world. It is a different world now. I mean, I'm so used to reading the news online. I just don't. I I, hate it. I hate it. I know. I don't. you know why? I mean, It's not
1: really the news because the joy of the newspaper is there are so many stories that are hidden that, you know, you would never see online. There's so much going on. These little quirky things. I'm telling you, I went to the University of Newspaper. The college was great, but I learned to live, to think through the newspaper. And now that's gone forever. Such is life.
2: All right. Well, John mourns over this anew. We're going to take a break. When we come back, can this Texas pastor lay hands on an well, inmate during execution? This is a really fascinating story in Christianity Today. A Q&A with a Southern Baptist minister um, on the power of prayer in the state death chamber.
5: W-O-R-D.
6: Moms are the most
12: influential people on the planet. For years, you've trusted Focus on the Family. Now you have the chance to experience it in person. Enter the Focus on the Family VIP experience. We'll fly you and three others to Focus on the Family headquarters, where you'll stay at Great Wolf Lodge in Colorado Springs and sit in on an actual Focus on the Family program. Enter once per day and complete bonus tasks to increase your chances of winning. The Focus on the Family VIP experience. Register to win at work. Fm.com slash focus. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance. And SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford.
6: SelectQuote Found Jacob 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, 500000 dollars policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health, don't worry. Select Quote Found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, 500000 dollars policy for only $32 a month. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
7: Are you ready for a life-fulfilling getaway where you can join renowned Bible teachers, best-selling authors, and award-winning worship artists in breathtaking locations? Sail the Sea of Galilee, gaze at the majesty of towering Alaska glaciers, or bask in the warmth of the Caribbean sun. Christian travel is the best way to see God's creation, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours will provide unforgettable moments just for you. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899.
1: Daniel Silliman is back with us. Daniel does excellent work as the news editor for Christianity Today. Always interesting, really fascinating storytelling, insightful. And today, Daniel's with us to talk about a Texas pastor who is asking to lay hands on an inmate during the execution process, which is scheduled for early September. Daniel, welcome back to the show.
9: Thanks, John. It's good to be here.
2: Boy, this is a fascinating article, uh, this interview that you did, with Dana Moore, um, so the situation is that John Henry Ramirez is scheduled to die on September eighth. The state of Texas will execute him by lethal injection for the two thousand and four murder of forty five year old convenience store clerk Pablo Castro. Ramirez was convicted of stabbing Castro twenty nine times in the process of stealing a dollar and twenty five cents to buy drugs. Now seventeen years later, he will be put to death for his crime. So, pick up the story. Um, So, that is what Ramirez is accused of, that's what he was convicted of. Um, What has happened since? Yeah, 17
9: years is a very long time. And what happened to uh, John Henry Ramirez in jail first, is that he met some people from a local Southern Baptist church in Corpus Christi. Guy named Les Archer was a volunteer chaplain. Befriended him, started talking to him, started um, you know opening up lines of, of communication. And as the process proceeded, and the, there was a trial, and a, and, a, and a jury found uh, Mr. Ramirez guilty of this of this crime. They um, the church decided that they still wanted to be in conversation with him as he moved to. Um, death row, and as he awaited the very long process um, in our criminal justice system of sending someone to, to death. So he moved from the, from the like, county jail, which was near their church, to the um, um, death row, which is about five hours away, where they hold the men awaiting execution And those men are pretty much held in isolation. So the church members going to visit him once a month were some of the only people that he ever talked to. And in the process of that, he um, experienced the salvation of Jesus. He accepted Jesus as his Savior and became a member of their church, even though he's actually um, in prison and has never been to their church. Um, The pastor told me he's kind of the ultimate homebound person. Um, And so about five years ago, um, this pastor, Dana Moore, became his pastor, and they have had extensive, uh, you know, monthly visits and prayer and counseling. Yes. So this man...
1: uh is going to be executed here. I mean, Texas has been uh, pretty aggressive in their execution policy for the past several years. So John Henry Ramirez is scheduled to die, as we said, September the 8th. And Dana Moore, who is one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church, uh, he has been asked by John Henry Ramirez as he is being put to death by lethal injection to to lay hands on him. And of course, this has become a matter of contention because no one's allowed in the death chamber, especially to lay hands on a person. So talk about that, Daniel, this process, this legal process. What's interesting to me is that the pastor himself has never touched John Henry Ramirez because they're separated through their visits through a piece of plexiglass. Yeah.
9: Yeah. So people may remember there was a lawsuit, um, A while back, the Supreme Court decided that actually you are allowed, as a a promise-guaranteed religious freedom of the First Amendment to the Constitution, you're allowed to have your spiritual advisor with you while you die in in a state execution. So so they knew, as they talked about it, they knew that Mr. Ramirez was going to be able to have uh, Pastor Moore in the room with him. and they were just talking about what that would like what would that, what that would be like and what they wanted that to 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 be like and they started talking about touch and um, pastor moore is very clear that prayer involves touching people not always of course not every time but he just says yeah if i go to the hospital i hold someone's hand someone's hand as i pray if i someone comes forward to accept jesus you put your hand on their shoulder as you pray it's just it's part of the experience of showing god's love to each other and and praying over each other yeah um yeah so that's how it came up and and of course in an execution it's not like no one touches you right the doctor touches you to see if you're dead, if the guard straps you in, you, you're, you're touched a lot. But currently, according to prison policy, this isn't a law or anything, but the Texas death row prison policy is that you're not allowed to be touched by your spiritual advisor. So Mr. Ramirez decided to file a lawsuit challenging that, um, asking to um, have the right to have his pastor pray for him. In the way that he prays for his congregation by laying on hands, and the pastor has never done this before. This isn't, you know, uh, sort of <laughs> normal things they don't teach you in seminary, you know. But he agreed, yeah, it would be important. And this is a this is a really, you know, this is a life or death moment in the most literal sense of it. This is someone's spiritual life. It does seem like it would be good to touch him. So so Pastor Moore, um, Dana Moore, filed an affidavit explaining why laying on of hands is so important, both in this particular instance and to Evangelical Christian ministry, more generally.
1: Hmm. I mean, it really is fascinating. I, generally, when you think about lawsuits and death penalty cases, right? They're looking for a stay of execution, right? I mean, uh, it's been pretty common where there's been a stay of execution because lawsuits have been filed at the last minute. But here, I'm sure they'll, they'll you know, that lawsuit will be filed as well as this lawsuit. So they'll be competing lawsuits in a way. Uh, will you indeed? you know, end of end uh, an inmate's life, a murderer's life, uh, extracting the state's final retribution and or will you allow someone to touch that inmate as he is being put to death? I just, you know, uh, really an unusual uh, sort of in some ways a novel case, something like this. I don't think, Daniel, you know, in in your conversations or in your study, has there ever been anything like this that you've uh, uncovered before on sort of legal dockets?
9: I haven't seen this before. Of course there was a whole um you know stretch of time where there there was no death penalty in this country um and before that the um the manner of death was more um more violent and more dangerous including yes. you know electrocution. So it, it's not a there isn't a long history of of um of pastors being allowed to be present in this moment, and there isn't a long history of, of um, yeah, an argument for for touch. But of course there is, um, you know, there is a long history of um, praying for people by touching them, for laying on of hands, and there is a long history of um, Christian ministry to people in prison going back to... Um, I don't know, Paul and Silas, maybe. Right, right.
1: So then
2: what's, yeah, what's did, to be expected? You, well, yeah, what, what, what do you think will happen? Is there any—what's the latest on the lawsuit?
9: Well, I am not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet, but um, so the court has to decide whether they think there's some merit to this, whether there's a, an argument that this is a religious right that um, Ramirez has as a Baptist-confessing um, Christian— they could decide that it's allowed and it would go ahead like that and Dana Moore would lay hands on him. They could decide to think about it. You know, that, that September eighth date is not set in stone. They delayed it once already for for COVID, for example. There's you know, it's a very cumbersome and complicated system and people tend to there tend to be lots of delays for lots of reasons. So the court could decide to delay it to think about it. Um, or they could just reject it out of hand and say that praying by touching is not important to the state of Texas. So we will have to see. Uh,
1: I would imagine, right, I mean, if people are not believers, if you're not a Christian believer, the idea of laying on hands, uh, again, you know, doesn't matter. It might be weird to
2: people. Yeah, but no one who's a human would not recognize the importance of touching someone as they're dying.
9: I'm with Kathy here. It's been 17 years that he's been in isolation, and I think there is something deeply spiritual about about touch. You know, Jesus is touching people over and over, but there's also something just at the core of our being made in the image of God that, that, that touches is uh, an important way to receive love. Touch is an important way to, to I don't know, be okay in your own skin.
1: Right exactly i mean look uh, i 'm pro life all the way through, so i, I don 't believe in the death penalty um, and of course there 's a lot of arguments uh, pro and con in this i 've never been touched by violence in my family, so uh, I guess until it comes to your doorstep, then you would say that you know definitively, but the idea of the state putting someone to death uh, for retribution uh, it just doesn 't sit with me i just don 't believe in it so i 'm not quite sure anything comes g- good comes from that. Uh, and and the touch thing is a whole other matter as well. Of course, if someone's dying, whether it's your mother or father who's passing away, you want to touch them, or whether it's someone who's part of your church, you want to be with them as well uh, to pray for them as they take their final breath, as their heart beats their final beat. So uh, it is an act of compassion and mercy, and, and I would say justice as well. So it's an unusual, fascinating story, isn't it?
9: And it's really interesting that um that, that this is both a death penalty case of course now he's on the death penalty but it's not the question on the for the court to consider isn't you know is it right to kill a person who's right. done these admittedly horrible deeds it's really it's really what what um space does the state allow in the administration of justice for people's spiritual needs mm-hmm. and we live in a country with um, a lot of different spiritual beliefs and a lot of different um, religious communities and no sort of consensus on what is accepted. We don't have a, a state chaplain who decides what is and isn't right. We, we leave it up to the individuals, and, and this becomes a, um, a tricky legal case. Um, and, and at the same time, such a human story. You know, it's about a man... He's been in jail for 17, prison for 17 years, preparing for a day that's fast approaching. And he has turned to God in this time. He has um, helped the church minister to the people around him. And the thing he's asking for in this moment, the thing he's asking the state of Texas for, is to let his pastor touch him. Yes,
1: well, Daniel, as you said earlier in the conversation, the September 8th date is certainly not set in stone. Uh, as you know, the, the way the legal system works, we may be talking about this for another year or more. So um, we certainly appreciate your reporting and your insight yeah, on this. For and, your work on this, Daniel. Yeah, and the humanness of this. And uh, we look forward to reading in Christianity today as this case continues on. So thank you. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be with you guys. Always good. Daniel Silliman, he's the news editor at Christianity Today. Listen, do yourself a favor. Highly recommended the work that CT does. It's essential a, it's a reading, I believe. We'll be back in a few minutes. Does this make sense? It's our daily feature here on The Right Home.
13: Do you suffer from lower back pain, knee pain, foot pain, or fallen arches? Do you? If yes, just stop and write this magic word. G G D E F Y. What is G Defy? G Defy is the footwear designed by Gravity Defier Medical Technology with the worldwide patented VersoShock sole. Their shoes are clinically shown to relieve pain by a double blind clinical study conducted by Olive View UCLA Medical Center. You can try a pair for 30 days with free corrective fit orthotic inserts. If you're not satisfied, just return the shoes for a full refund. And keep the free orthotics as a gift. Put an end to suffering. Save $20 and get free shipping from Gravity Defier when you go to gdefy.com slash radio and use code radio. That's gdefy.com slash radio, code radio. You have nothing to lose but your pain.
4: Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we or United Faith Mortgage.
6: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp 25 Meadow Park Road Meadow New York. Ice Mortgage Maker for all licensing information go to Atlas Consumer Access Data or Corporate Atlas number 1330 Equal Assured Lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota or Utah.
8: A child's body temperature rises 3 to 5 times faster than an adult's and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically in 2020 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA.
5: Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
4: This homeownership tip is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency.
6: PHFA has a mortgage credit certificate that lets qualified homebuyers claim a tax credit for the life of their home loan. The tax credit can be as high as $2,000 every year, so the savings can be significant. Learn more on our website at phfa.org. That's phfa.org. PHFA has been helping Pennsylvania homebuyers since
4: 1982.
6: We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 63. Very warm tomorrow and humid. Sunshine will mix with clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 89. Tomorrow night will be clear and humid with a low of 68. Wednesday, partly sunny, hot and humid with a high of 90. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
2: This makes sense.
1: This is what makes sense.
2: Pre washed lettuce.
1: What well, do you think that that'd be like the ultimate in consumer laziness? However, say you're like on a picnic. Mm hmm. Could come in handy there.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: But pre washed lettuce.
2: Well, yeah,
1: what if you buy, okay, so you're like seeing one of those bags, like a little bag of lettuce. pre mix.
2: yep. Romaine, whatever it is. Whatever. Baby greens.
1: Well, yeah, because, you know, stuff out in the field, you know, and people touching it. (laughs) Stuff out in the field. Well, you know, (laughs) you know. What? Where the lettuce comes from? Yeah, you know it's that not stuff exactly like you know pristine out there, out right? Out the I mean, they're using cow manures, fertilizer, whatnot, and plus people are touching it and handling it. So yeah, you you'd feel better if you thought, oh yeah, that's been washed before I use it. But still, I'm still going to wash it. I don't trust it. I'm going to pre-wash the washing.
2: Oh, wait, because you, you, can you believe in the conspiracy?
1: Well, I just don't want to get. How'd you die? I ate some pre-washed lettuce. It had some manure
2: on it. Oh, I totally eat it. <laughs> what? Listen. Does it make sense to you? Here's the thing: I'm of two minds. Oh. I don't know how to answer this. Does this make sense? Because I have yes and no. Because you brought it up. The, I know. The lettuce that you wash yourself, it always tastes better. It just does.
13: <laughs>
2: what? Yeah, because it's not chopped up and it's not. It just it tastes fresher. It does. Okay. But sometimes when I'm tired, you guys, um, so I'm I get- using it. Jeez. I'm using the pre-washed lettuce, and I'm not washing it myself.
1: She's tired. It's been a hard day in the studio. Holy heck. I mean, I had to move my jaw.
2: I'm telling you that I use it. Okay? So to me, All right. it does make sense.
1: Does this make sense? A toupee? <laughs> a toupee. Now, look at me. Look at my little head here. I'm folically challenged. You're married to a man who also is. I am. When you see a guy with a toupee, right? You go, that poor soul.
2: That's sad. He
1: thinks he looks good, That's or sad. he's trying to beat back the ravages yeah. of age.
2: But it rarely, never looks good. It's well, nev- I don't no, think wait. It's, I don't think it's ever looked good. No, I... no,
1: no, no, no. Tell me. Ted Danson wears a toupee. Does he? Frank Sinatra wear wore a toupee.
2: Ted oh. Danson wears a toupee. Oh, you know that.
1: Ted Danson is as bald as a cue ball. What? Oh yeah. Certain guys can pull it off. So the
2: good place sounds sounds like fake hair. Oh,
1: yeah. But for like the regular guy, they're buying like a discount toupee from like Ed's house of hair or something like that. It's not good.
2: I don't think it makes sense. I think you just need to accept it. Except if you're a woman and then you should fight against it all the time. Oh, well,
1: then that's a whole other story.
2: Every darn day.
5: Toupees generally,
1: don't make sense. 101.5
5: WORD
8: Okay, everybody in the car.
12: Where
13: are we going, Daddy?
8: On an adventure.
13: Yay!
6: Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show, it's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station, Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W O R D.
4: I think it's fascinating how resilient French fries are. I hadn't cleaned out my poor car in years, and so I decided to do it from the trunk to under the seats. I found five different types of balls, enough junk to challenge Mary Poppins' magical bag, and a good start at a French fry museum. It's Ryan. And if you tried to turn all the stuff hidden in my car into cash, you'd undoubtedly owe money. But luckily for most of us, it's quite the opposite when it comes to looking inside our homes. Home values have gone fly a kite high for many. Meaning, if you look under those seats, there's a good chance you could pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in your home to use for whatever you wanted. And with current mortgage rates being where they are, oftentimes you can lower the years on the overall loan or lower your monthly payment at the same time you're doing a cash-out refinance. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage.
10: We
2: pay your appraisal fees up to $500.
7: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
1: As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper and much more. Call 1 800. Three nine one zero nine five four. Use the promo code word. One 954 Promo code word.
8: Trip to Europe. Visit all thirty major league baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Konody and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at ten a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with accurate solutions group investment advisory services offered through ASG investment management, LLC.
1: If you've been paying attention over the last 20 years or so, it feels as though you could fill up the entirety, the, uh, the print edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica with church sex offenders. One scandal one heartbreak, one ugly story after another. And it doesn't matter if it's Presbyterian or Baptist or Catholic or you name it, the denomination, those men are in there. And we've talked about it here ad nauseum, of course, a few years ago back, a few years back with the, the scandal here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, the attorney the,
2: general's report here in the state of PA.
1: Just. It's a heartbreak. It really is. Now, it is rare, exceedingly rare, that someone high up within the Catholic Church, I mean, standing next to the Pope in in, in reality, a cardinal would be accused of sexual misconduct, even more so that a cardinal would be defrocked and then be forced to stand trial. But that's exactly what's about to happen. Here to talk to us about the sad and strange case of ex-cardinal Theodore McCarrick is J.D. Flynn. J.D. Flynn is editor-in-chief of something that we love. Um, it's called The Pillar, and this is something that's fairly new. We'll talk to J.D. about that as well. But, J.D., welcome to the show.
3: Thanks so much for having me,
2: guys. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, J.D., so, you know, I, I think about this and talk about this as an outsider because I'm not Roman Catholic, um, but you're not in that circumstance. So I guess I want to start out by just asking how you yourself are processing this as a believer and as a Catholic. Well, asking so,
3: that. So uh, you know, one of the things that I think is important to remember is that the, the Catholic Church has had, and, and I, I speak as a, both as a journalist and as a practicing and, and believing Catholic, um, the Catholic Church has had a very, very difficult couple of years with regard to revelations and allegations and reports of, of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct among our clergy. And one of the reasons I know that is because I've been doing a lot of the reporting, and so it's been a very difficult couple of years for Catholic journalists, too. But you know, one of, the, one of the sort of interesting things about the sex scandals that have been visited upon churches is that I, I, it's helpful, at least for me, to remember that, um, on the one hand, the, the frequency of, of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct inside religious contexts is, is not um, it, orders of magnitude more severe than it is in other public institutions, that the problem of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct and sexual coercion is one, that exists, and exists with, with, with relatively speaking, the same kind of frequency, in all kinds of institutions, in, in public institutions and in different industries, as we've seen, and in religious um, spaces as well. So on the one hand, it's helpful for me to remember that, and on the other hand, I think it's totally reasonable when people say, yeah, but um, Christians profess um, the gospel, they, Christians profess uh, that they can be um, healed and transformed of their sins by, by Jesus Christ, and so we have a higher expectation of church leaders than we do of people in other sort of settings. I, I think that's a totally reasonable thing that we have a higher expectation of our religious leaders. Yeah. I agree. It hurts more it hurts that they've betrayed us by by living a double life. But at the same time, it's helpful for me to remember that the kinds of things that the church is experiencing now, and that uh, many Christian denominations are experiencing now, are not sort of unique. This is this is not a sort of, uh, this is a, a human problem and a problem of sin that exists in, in sort of many spheres of society. And, and one in which as Christians learn how to better address it, and better to heal their own institutions, will so of systemically and on a personal level, in which I hope we can give witness to, um, to that kind of healing and that kind of transformation. To other kind of institutions.
1: I appreciate well. that, yeah. And that, that is a good adjustment to, to say that, J.D., so thank you for that clarity. That really is a, it's a good way to step forward. However, uh, you're speaking to a Christian audience, and of course, you know, yes. Catholicism is involved, yes, deeply. We are Catholics, Christians. Uh, And I would imagine, though, that the large percentage of our audience does not know anything about uh, ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. So could you fill in the blanks there and tell that story?
3: Yeah, sure. So Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, now former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, was a very prominent and high-level American Catholic churchman. Um, He was for many years the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., and that role, you know, he had— sort of an outside influence because he was close to the centers of power of our country. And he was also um, someone who was known to be moving in Vatican circles and in the church's sort of diplomatic and religious freedom work around the world. In 2018, it was revealed that Colonel McCarrick was also accused of serial sexual misconduct, of abuse and coercion of both minors and young seminarians and priests. And this was uh, a huge and shocking report for uh for catholics um, that a cardinal would be accused of these things especially one so prominent and uh, shortly thereafter you know as more and more reports came out that he was coercive and abusive to to minors and to young priests and seminarians eventually the vatican um, removed him from the college of cardinals he was no longer a cardinal and then removed him from what we call the clerical state so he was no longer permitted to function as a consensual priest and uh, and then um, he's been living mostly in seclusion since then that was in 2019 and he was just charged last month with um, with uh, sexual assault uh, in the state of Massachusetts, um, for instance, which took place allegedly in the 1970s, but which are still able to be tried under Massachusetts law. And he'll face a trial that begins next week.
1: Right. So this is shocking because, of course, oh, how the mighty have fallen, because there you are as a cardinal. You're one of the very, very select few in the entire world. And then you're defrocked mm-hmm. from your cardinals, uh, being a cardinal, your cardinalship, uh, whatever the verbiage is. I'm sorry there. Uh, but, right. but then to see that happen now. Uh, 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 And Cardinal McCarrick, um, ex-Cardinal McCarrick, he's an old, old man. He's 91 years old. But here is the long arm of justice coming to reach him, and he's about to stand before the the, uh, judge next week for the very first sort of early stages of what may be a trial,
13: yes? That's
3: right, yeah. He'll be arraigned next week, which is the first stage in a criminal trial. And all things being equally expected to be tried, his lawyer says that they're looking forward like, to proving his case in court. Um, and so he will be all things being complied in a Massachusetts criminal court. He could be sentenced up to 15 years in prison. Now, as you say, he's 91 years old, so I don't think he'll serve 15 years in prison if he's found guilty. But it is a very – in the United States, it is the first time that – Someone who had been a member of the College of Cardinals and such a prominent Catholic leader will face a criminal trial, and so it's on the one hand very difficult, and on the other hand, I've spoken with many, many victims of clerical abuse um, today and over the past couple of days, who all tell me that they hope that it will bring some measure of justice, and they hope that it will remind the Church of the importance of addressing these issues as early as yeah. possible and as you know swiftly as possible.
2: Right, which JD brings us to um, you know one of the elephants in the room, which is that the you know reports that have been uncovered about uh, Theodore McCarrick indicate that people around him knew what was going on, that they were, uh, if they didn't know for sure, they certainly suspected it and never said anything. Um, So let's talk about what that means for, I don't know, our understanding of church culture and how that could be altered so that, you know, this kind of thing we can leave in the past.
3: So what's been found is not only are there people who didn't say anything, but there are some people who did say things and and weren't heard by church leaders, Mm. Who made you know the right kinds of calls and weren't heard by church leaders, and so the consequence of that you know is is that the Catholic Church now is grappling I think with what it means to address this problem that we call clericalism in other words sort of a reflexive institutional self-protection of those in leadership positions. You can sort of think about that. I mean you have that in other institutions too, kind of the myth of the in Blue Line and in police departments and those things, too, where there's a sort of reflexive institutional self-protection. But in the Church, we now know that we have to address that. It's become manifestly clear that there were you know, more than a decade worth of reports that when in some ways unheeded or insufficiently you know, I investigated. And Pope Francis has begun the process of sort of building in safeguards and protections for whistleblowers and processes that will address that. But he's also said it's more than processes and safeguards. It's about a conversion and a transformation of heart Uh, that would skew that kind of Mm -hmm. Mm self-protection.
1: We're talking with J.D. Flynn from The Pillar. J.D., uh, you made um, international news here just a few weeks back with your investigative work. Uh, Talk to us, though, about The Pillar and how people can engage.
3: Yeah, thank you. The the Pillar is a a new media project um, that I began with a partner in January and is now and joined by a few other journalists, um, we aim to cover the Catholic Church from a perspective of faith, but also from a, a perspective of doing serious journalistic work, including investigative journalism, and um, and to really provide insight into the lives of the Catholic Church. There are a billion Catholics in the world, and we think a society that big deserves good journalism, and so we aim to provide it. You can check us out at pillarcatholic.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at or pillarcatholic, or Pillar and we'd uh, and, and be very grateful for you to follow our work as we continue to cover. McCarrick
9: and other things
2: as well. Fabulous. This is J.D. Flynn, editor-in-chief and co-founder at The Pillar. J.D., thanks for being here on The Ride Home.
1: Thanks so much, guys. Oh, great pleasure. Yeah, excellent work. Really, it is. Check out The Pillar online. Take a quick break. Come back. We've just got to a smidge ahead. And to, as we do, oh, conic...
2: conic-, conic-, conic- what are they going to find in that creek? A lot.
5: turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse. House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all natural, farm fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse.
12: If you can fix the big Stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at Q-DOT.com.
1: As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a sixty-day money-back guarantee and a ten year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive fifty percent off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as forty nine ninety-nine. Go to mypillow.com. .com click on the radio listener square use promo code word there you'll find not only this amazing offer but also deep discounts on my pillow products including the my pillow mattress topper and much more call 1-800-391-0954 use the promo code word 1-800-391-0954 promo code word why doing it right roofing siding and remodeling as an Owens Corning roofing platinum preferred
12: contractor it's simple it's in their name they're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-New Roof. Nobody should have to pay for one
7: size fits all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need.
9: Liberty, Liberty,
11: Liberty, Liberty.
1: This Saturday. The 28th of August and Saturday, September 11th are the Connequinessing Creek cleanup days. Now, the last time they cleaned up the Connequinessing Creek, they pulled out 627,074 pounds of trash. They also pulled out 7,244 tires. From the creek, which flows through Butler and Beaver County. The hall also included a concrete coffin vault, full dumpsters, massive liquid storage tanks, tractor trailers. One year, near Zillianople Airport, they pulled out an old airplane fuselage and the (laughs) runway tires that went with it. They also found a bundle of hundreds of political signs sunk into the creek with old car batteries. Something called Aquatic Alliance. Is, it, is the driver behind this, and you can go to aquaticalliance.com bless those and be part of this cleanup.
2: Oh, my God. Okay, so dare I ask where the Conoquinessing Creek is? Uh,
1: well, just I said it flows through Butler and Beaver counties. Got it. Other than that, uh, you're on your own. Yeah, Northwest. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, not all the garbage in the creek, though, is the result of dumping. Riding lawnmowers, grills, appliances, entire cottages, and more washed in during epic flooding caused by Hurricane Ivan and other storms. Okay, well,
2: that makes me feel a little better.
1: Many of the old tires were probably spending their retirement at Creekside erosion controls before they were knocked loose and rolled downstream. The Alliance knows how much trash weighs because it or its partners must pay to dispose of it. The group tries to recycle everything possible through extra steps. But uh, this Saturday, and uh, the September eleventh right. Saturday as well.
2: All right, end the summer, kick off the fall in the right way. Boy, that's that's,
1: that's a say. messy, that dirty, dirty work, is it not? Yeah,
2: thank goodness someone cares enough to do that. Yeah. All right. Speaking of somebody cares, yeah. Uh, how invested are you in beverages that are seasonal? Zero.
1: Okay. 100%. I could care less. So this uh, is pumpkin spice season.
2: Yeah, but we're, there, we're adding something new. Uh, um, I want to ask Christy, our producer, how invested are you in seasonal beverage? Love them. Uh-huh. I'm your basic white girl. I love it. What kind I, of seasonal? Okay, we've bookended the seasonal beverage conversation here with John Hall on I'm one side, I'm your white other. guy. Okay, John, you don't care. Christy, what do you like? Um, from Starbucks, I get the pumpkin cream cold brews. Mm-hmm classic mm-hmm. classic pumpkin spice lattes? Yeah. I mean if we're just going pumpkin, you go like winter, I get the peppermint mochas, which is delicious. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me tell you about this. Did you hear that there's a new offering this year though? Some some like apple cider or something? The, the Apple Crisp Macchiato. It's an espresso beverage available hot or iced and it debuts today. It joins the returning pumpkin spice latte and the pumpkin cream cold brew, both already mentioned here on the ride home, on the Starbucks seasonal menu. Now, let me just go on. I'm reading here from uh, USA Today. It says that the limited-time autumn menu also includes the pumpkin cream cheese muffin, which I'm sure is fab, and the pumpkin scone. Pumpkin bread, of course, available year-round. So, um, now, let me just... One more thing I want to add. The coffee giant said the inspiration for the apple beverage started with the idea of the fall harvest and builds on the popularity of its pumpkin flavor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pumpkin spice latte, dubbed PSL for short, launched 18 years ago and started the pumpkin spice craze. Mm -hmm. So um, as someone who's already committed to the PSL lifestyle, Christy, I ask you – Any interest in the apple spice macchiato? Oh, yeah. Sure, why not? Oh, really? Why not? You're good with that. I'm good with that. It's not the the apple spice, the apple crisp macchiato. It's all things fall. I love all things fall. Oh, really? Do you? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. Okay. All right. right. John.
1: Okay. I was living in New York City when Starbucks first came into being, you know, into my consciousness. I walked in one, I was like, oh, this is a fancy coffee place here. I walked up to the counter and I said, could I have a large coffee? You would have thought that I would have said, you know.
2: We should kill puppies.
1: Something. I mean, they looked at me like, sir, what is wrong with you? Don't you know the proper, you know, grande ordering method? Well, since that time, I just, so now I go in and I, I will do a grande dark roast. But that's about as far as I'm going in. The pumpkin spice, the, all that other little sort of frou-frou thing, who needs that? Why would she really care? Coffee is good on its own. And the darker, the better. Mm-hmm. Give me a French roast. Okay. Give me something that's you know strong. Okay. Put a little hair in your chest. Mm-hmm. All the little latte hotte mm-hmm. things. It's ridiculous.
2: I think you're being a little harsh on Chris. I don't think
1: I am. Listen, mm-hmm. I don't
2: want hair on my chest. That's why I get the frou-frou drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come that's on. a good point. Okay, <laughs> okay this, let me, let me break in and say I don't drink coffee.
1: So you know, I don't understand
2: your world. Okay, uh, you know. I'm, are you
1: doing a what? What are you doing a chai?
2: I hate chai. I
1: love a chai. I hate it. Len Lottie.
2: Hate it. I know. I know. Why it's do you fun. hate it? Why do you hate it? Because chai? I feel like
1: oh, so it's like I'm, my coffee
2: no, thing for tea. I feel like I'm drinking a candle. It's disgusting. It smells like, I like, a chai. It, it smells like the Yankee Candle Company. A good chai? A good dirty chai with a little bit of espresso in there? No, absolutely very not. Very nice. I cannot really? take right. that. All that cinnamon and, and nutmeg. Oh, it makes See, me we're so spoiled gag. here in this country. It makes me gag. Right. All right. So I don't understand this coffee world right thing, but I am very particular about tea. Mm. So I get the fact that you can be, you know, frou frou and snobby about right. that sort Thank of thing. You. And my very favorite dessert of all time is apple crisp.
1: Oh, who wouldn't want? But and
2: I you, make the. Best I don't want to drink it though. In case you're wondering, if you, since you didn't ask, I feel like I'm going to just put it in. Yeah. That I make the very best apple crisp. Well, now that in you make world. that claim, I think you got to bring it. That in. I was just going to say that you got to bring it in. Fine. Okay. Totally happy to bring it in. But the best thing is to have it when it's right out of the oven. Of course it is. And you're going to put the vanilla. Ice with cream a, on, oh, there you go. Because that is the bomb. Uh,
1: and a cup of tea with that.
2: That's fine. That's mm-hmm. great. I don't even, I love tea so much, but when Apple Crisp is there, I don't even care about the tea. Really? That's how deeply I'm invested in it.
1: All right. Well, we look forward to uh, Christy. And I, I would imagine that management here would, you know, embolden that as well, making a Starbucks run, right?
2: Well, I mean, yeah. Of course. I mean, we can only hope. Yeah. All we right. hang on their every word.
1: All right. So we know what they get Christy for Christmas, which would be a Starbucks gift card. A little PSL right? gift
2: card or a little yeah. Apple yeah. Crisp macchiato, yeah. right. which we're going to call the ACM, apparently.
1: Streaming on uh, YouTube, right? The word Pittsburgh. Very nice.
0: The Ride Home with John and Kathy,
1: a production of Salem Media Group.